this year it's a new year and we can think of a lot of things that we want to do maybe we want to accomplish culturally this is how we do it right well when you're someone who is a recovering people pleaser maybe you're a recovering codependent and you're inside of these toxic relationship dynamics like you're in a relationship especially if you're married or if you've been with someone for many many years and it's your spouse versus like or even a friend if like if you live with a friend you're always spending time with a friend when you're in a relationship with someone who is gaslighting you emotionally abusive um using emotional abuse tactics you know for a long period of time it can fog your vision from the true power that you have and i say that in the deepest sense of like i'm right there with you like i know what this is and i was thinking about you know what would you guys like to hear like what would you need to hear to help you in this area of your life and with everyone talking about goals and um reset and you know new year new things new goals set goals all the things i was like one thing about being in a um toxic relationship or is that you can be as ambitious as you want you can be um a driven person you can be a loving person but when you're in a toxic relationship you lose a sense of your autonomy your personal power so when it comes to setting and achieving goals your vision's blurred because if that other person comes into your life and is dysregulated or are upset or they don't like what you're doing or they make it difficult for you to achieve the goal that you desire um you can easily go off course of attaining the goal that you desire and be so like in these obsessive thoughts of the other person because that's what you know codependency uh, what a, a trait of codependency <laughs> i don't know the right word to use a trait a factor a, a symptom of codependency there you go is these we begin to obsessively think about the other person what do they think what do they want what do they need how are they feeling and so we notice when they're in distress and if we are on the journey to achieving a goal or to developing ourselves in a certain way and this other person is in distress we can easily go off kilter and go to tend you know attempt to tend to the needs of the person of the of the toxic relationship and i want to bring to your awareness this fog that we live in when we're in a toxic relationship and this is true if you are someone who um gaslighting is a normal occurrence for you manipulation being you know emotional abusive tactics are a normal thing in your relationship, then you are likely in a fog or have been in a fog. And the fog is, it's like a spider web of meeting the needs of this other person that you're in relationship with. And so we lose a sense of our personal power, a sense of our autonomy. And autonomy is defined as the right or condition of self-government. Autonomy says, I have the power to choose what I want in my life. And that sense of self-governance that sense of power that sense of freedom to choose kind of goes out the door or can go out the door when we are a people pleaser or recovering codependent because what's prime in our nervous system and in our you know subconscious is that we need to do things that are going to keep us safe and the things that we need to do typically is mothering caregiving rescuing saving fixing placating pleasing the toxic person in our life and so if you often feel like you're a victim to your life and your responsibilities, if you feel like you want to jump up to fix and help people when they're in distress, like when they're in distress, you can't um, be okay. Like you're not okay if they're not okay. That you had plans or ideas of what you thought was good to do for the day. And then you take a quick U-turn as soon as that toxic person or that person that you're in a relationship comes around and they want something differently. You just, it's like a casual, like, oh yeah, okay, well, let's do that. Oh, okay, well, that sounds good. Like you, you completely abandon ship. You abandon the plans that you had and it's easy for you to do that. Or you struggle, like you're always on edge in your relationship. These are all signs that you are not operating in your personal power and your autonomy. Okay. I recently read a book and it was so good. It's called detachment. I forget who writes it, but she, it's all on detachment and detachment. If you don't know, emotional detachment is it's a condition or state where a person lacks emotional connectivity to others. So another way to, to look at this is um, the APA dictionary of psychology defines detachment as a feeling of emotional freedom resulting from a lack of involvement in a problem or situation with a person. It's like objectivity. So the ability to consider a problem on its merits alone, 
okay, without being attached to it emotionally. And so what does detachment look like in your relationship? It looks like when I have conflict with them instead of me being and they let's say they gaslight me or they um devalue me they're whatever the the emotionally abusive tactic they're using instead of me being triggered and going into emotional distress where i'm like maybe i'm crying maybe i'm isolating maybe i'm um or not isolating maybe i'm shutting down right because sometimes space is what's necessary like from toxicity okay um so i say isolation loosely but instead of me going and becoming dysregulated and, and taking me out for days I'm emotionally detached from the person I'm in relationship with so that when they do try their emotional abuse tactics on me or they use them on me, I'm not sucked into that roller coaster anymore. I'm not trying to argue, change, fix, save, please placate. I'm not trying to do all those things because I'm emotionally detached from the situation, from the outcome. Like I see them and I accept them for who they are. I know who they are. I know what they're doing right now. I know the emotional abuse tactics that are happening right now. And I'm not connected to it. like my worth and my value, my sense of worth and value are not attached to this person and this person's acceptance of me. Because that's really what it is. Like when we are, when we're fawning or when we're trying to fix the other person in distress, there's a, a few things at play there, right? Like the discomfort that we have, one, with being in emotional distress and uh, with others, which is a sign that you're you need to learn to um, practice being in your own emotional distress, like being with it versus trying to get rid of it, cope or numb or get rid of it, run away from it. Um, another thing that could be at play when you're when you can't you have a hard time sitting in the, the emotional distress of someone else, like when you're in conflict with the toxic person in your life. Um, is that your value and your sense of value, your sense of worth is attached to this other person and how they view you. And so it's like, I need to do the thing that they want me to do or that they, I think they want me to do, because if I don't, then I'm, I won't feel like I'm, I'm good enough. I won't feel worthy. Like if they want the house cleaned a certain way, I'm gonna make sure it's done that way all the time. If they would rather eat steak and ground beef, and I actually don't like steak and ground beef, I love chicken and shrimp, I'm gonna actually do steak and ground beef for the rest of my life while I'm with them because that's what they like. Um, so you're completely abandoning shit because you're getting your sense of worth from that person. And so when they eat the ground beef and the steak and they enjoy it and they love it because you prepared it the way that they wanted, you abandoned all of the plans that you had in order to, to do this thing for them. Then when they enjoy it, you get that, it's like that, like that feeling of like, okay, I feel worthy now. Like I did the thing that made me feel worthy now. And when they're pleased with me, I feel worthy. I feel like I'm good enough. And when they don't, it shatters my whole internal sense of self. And now I'm like, bawling i'm angry i'm trying to um change the way they view me i'm arguing for, for hours on end to help them ho hopefully they'll see my perspective because i need them to see my perspective so they can understand me and finally see me because then i will finally feel worthy and so we stay in these the symptoms which are the over explaining the fixing the pleasing the abandoning ship to do things for them because at the root of it we don't feel like we're enough alone and we're getting our sense of enoughness our sense of worth from them we're looking outside of ourselves to feel like we're enough and that's why whenever they do something or they're in conflict or they're in distress and it's like, we feel, we can feel so shattered. Like, oh my God, what's happening? What's happening? Like, it's, it feels like life or death, right? Like I, I need them to hear me. I need them to see me. I need them to, to accept me. So I'm going to abandon all the things that I like and enjoy and want and desire and plan for my life, all my goals and aspirations whenever, and these are in little moments too, right? Whenever they want something different because I need their approval. So detachment is, I don't need my sense of worth or my sense of enoughness from them. So I'm detached when they do the, the little dysfunctional dance that they do using gaslighting and devaluing and verbal abuse, all the things, my sense of worth is not attached to them accepting me or loving me or seeing me or treating me good. So when they do those things, I'm not emotionally in distress because, I mean, and let me just side note here, you, when you emotionally detach, you still, of course, it's hurtful to see someone that you loved the way that you thought that they was hurting you. When you finally, when the fog is finally lifted and you finally see them for who they are and accept them for who they are, you begin to practice emotional detachment you will still experience emotional discomfort. That's not the same as emotional distress. I want to make that difference. So it will be still uncomfortable. It's never comfortable to endure um, 
hurtful behavior, right? So you're just not attached. Like you're inside your being, you'll feel it. You're not um, losing your shit. You're not taken out for days, you know, where you're, you feel depressed and you're just down and you're not doing your normal functions because you're detached from it. You know that you are worthy and you are enough alone as you are. And you see that person doing their dysfunctional dance as they normally do. And you are not connected to that. You know that you are two separate entities. You have your personal power, your autonomy to choose how you show up in life and to choose to put where you put your focus. When we're in these dysfunctional relationships, we can be hyper-focused and obsessive over them, what they think, right? Just ruminating on thoughts of them. Whereas when we detach emotionally, we begin to practice shifting those thoughts, becoming aware of them, becoming aware of our behaviors of, of wanting to fawn and to please and to placate them. And then we can use our autonomy, that awareness that I have my own autonomy, my self-governance to choose to do something differently. I am not tied to this person. I don't have to gain my self-worth and my sense of um, value and my um, enoughness from them. I know that I'm enough and I'm worthy on my own. And so I don't need to obsessively think over them because it's not my job to fix them. It's not my job to be on edge to anticipate what their needs are. It's not my job to play the guessing game because they're so passive aggressive and I got to figure out what they want so that I can meet the need, the possible needs so that they can be okay so that I can experience some sense of peace. No, emotional detachment is when I see how they show up in this relationship. I see how they are behaving right now. They're doing their dysfunctional dance right now and I am enough and worthy on my own and I choose to remove myself from the situation, I choose to set a boundary around here. Maybe I'm like, I will not continue this conversation if you continue to talk to me that way. I will not accept um, you devaluing me. I'm gonna actually walk away. This is not useful for me or helpful or healthy or whatever, however you wanna word it. I choose to set boundaries. I'm, I'm flexing my my autonomy, right? That I can choose differently, that I am worthy enough on my own. And I'm gonna, like, there's a, like, imagine um, when we're in, in these uh, dysfunctional relationships, we're enmeshed, we're so enmeshed in them, right? So it's kind of like where people say to become one. Emotional detachment is where, if you can imagine your hands clenched together, your fingers interwoven between each other and you're holding your own hands and imagine lifting them and separating them. Do that practice right now, actually. Interwoven your fingers between each other like you're like a prayer almost, right? Um, fingertips on each knuckles, right? And then this is you when you're in your dysfunctional relationship and you're all constantly trying to fix them. You're constantly trying to over-explain, plead, beg with them, um, constantly explaining and trying to get them to see your point and your perspective when they clearly show that they don't care or they don't want to see it or they're not present for the conversation, maybe they're rolling their eyes, scrolling their phone, walking away, saying, let's talk about this another time. It's always inconvenient. Whatever they do to show you that the sign that, oh, I, that, that triggers in your body that's like, oh, I need to over-explain more. I need to say it differently. I need to uh, say it calmly. Uh, whatever that that is for you. Imagine that. That's what you are when you're enmeshed in your relationship. Okay? Your fingers are interwoven. But as you slowly lift your fingers and slowly break them apart, and your hands have some space in between them. And I want you to notice your dysfunctional relationship is when you're emotionally detached, there's that space in between them. And so there's you on the right and them on the left, and you can see the gap in between, right? That's the detachment. So when they do their dysfunctional dance, you're no longer interwoven with them. They're doing their little dance. Just imagine my left hand, my fingers are, are wiggling. <laughs> that's such a funny word, right, wiggling? My fingers are wiggling on my left hand. That's them doing their dysfunctional dance. And because there is space in between, there is no ripple. There's really no um, effect, right? And I don't want you to think there's no effect, but the effect is lessened, let's just say, when you're emotionally detached. Because if you're still in a dysfunctional relationship, you will be impacted. Like it is not going to be the same as if you were alone and you were able to just leave that relationship altogether. When you're in the dysfunctional relationship, because you are, have you ever heard that saying, you are like the closest five people to you in your life, right? That's who you become and that's, they have a big impact on you. But when you're practicing emotional detachment, there is that space there. And so even when they do their dysfunctional dance, it's not penetrating or impacting you as if it would when your fingers were interwoven, when you were enmeshed with them. Okay, so that's the practice of detachment. And when you are in emotional detachment, you can exercise your personal power, your autonomy even more. So that if you do have goals, if you do have a vision for your life, if you do have things that you want, you're not being dragged down to the to such an extreme um, level. You still will be impacted by them, but not to the extreme where you're like, maybe not where you're out for days, where you're out for weeks, maybe even months, actually, where you're constantly depressed and you're constantly emotionally dysregulated and you're on these really high highs and these really low lows, right? And so emotional detachment is the answer. And within emotional detachment is inner child healing.
it's learning cognitively like the things, the skills and the tactics on um, healthy relationships, communication, healthy conflict, and um, identifying abusive behaviors. This is really, really big, really, really freeing. It's hard to um, swallow the truth of, you know, because you're in such a fog when you're enmeshed in these dysfunctional relationships. But once you begin to educate yourself and, and bring knowledge and awareness around the dysfunction of your relationship, you, you can start to be, begin to feel more free and be able to detach emotionally even more because now you have wisdom whereas before you it was like i have to do this I, it's like you feel like you have to um fix please placate um save fight their fires you know what i mean um there's a quote in that book i was reading the book of detachment it says if you're trying to control manipulate or fix another person's life you are playing god letting go of the need to control is not saying that i'm gonna allow abuse it's not saying that i'm going to take the blame for everything it's not saying that I am no longer going to be a good girlfriend or a good wife or a good friend or employee. It's saying that I am not God and I cannot control, manipulate, or fix another person's life. I'm not cho I'm choosing not to do that because the only person that experiences distress is you when you're trying to do that. Whereas when you emotionally detach, you allow them to be who they are fully. You allow them, even if that's an unhealthy way, you allow them to be who they are. You allow them to fix themselves to do the things that they need to do in their life and to show up fully as who they are. And then you get to look from your seat, looking at them at how they show up and how they choose to be fully. And then you get to choose how much do I want to have a part in this type of person or this type of relationship? How much am I going to expose myself to this type of behavior? What kind of fences do I need to build around my house? What kind of boundaries do I need to put up? Right? So it's not like, oh, I need to manipulate, which means I'm like trying to say things certain ways so that they can maybe be okay. So that maybe they can be nice so that they won't be upset. So that they can approve of me so i'm going to over explain and i'm going to change the way i say things and try to be more convincing and say it in a nice way that's manipulating right the conversation the way that you're showing up versus being 100 real and true to who you are allowing them to be 100 real and true to who they are and then you have a decision to make how will i protect myself from this dysfunctional behavior okay so remember my dear sensitive soul that you have autonomy you have personal power you can choose you you can choose to not be someone who's so enmeshed and entangled and intertwined with this other person's emotional states and this other person's actions and behaviors, you get to detach from them and to look at this relationship objectively and say, okay, look at this person and their behavior and say, what do I need to do to keep myself safe, to protect my heart around this type of behavior? All right, my beautiful, sensitive souls, I will talk to you on the next episode.